This is Brian Dascom with the AWC City Voice Podcast, where we explore the issues that impact Washington cities. What you're about to hear is an interview that I got to do on location in South Bend, Washington. I want to warn you that I was left alone with the recording equipment, and so the quality of the sound is a little rough. Nevertheless, the content is good, and so I hope you'll enjoy the interview. Well, I'm very happy to be here today with Heidi Kokar, and she's the Executive Director of Rural Development Initiatives. So thank you for being here today, Heidi. Thank you for having me. Really great to be here. And I'm looking forward to a discussion on leadership, on the concept of leadership and what it means to be a city leader, and uh, perhaps the particular challenges that rural communities face when it comes to leadership development. Um, But before we get into those questions, I wonder if you could give us just a quick uh, idea of what of what your organization does. Yeah. So our RDI, Rural Development Initiatives, is a nonprofit organization that was uh, started in Oregon but serves the Pacific Northwest. Our mission is to strengthen rural people, places, and economies throughout the Pacific Northwest. Um, When we started, we started um, really serving communities whose timber industry had um, had gone down and was in decline because of uh, federal forest policy and other uh, other environmental policies. And um, and so now we work and we have worked to, um, for 27 years uh, doing three things basically, which is developing local leadership, um, revitalizing rural economies and helping local people do that in a local way, as well as elevating rural voices and issues um, into the kind of the public consciousness of, of what what matters for rural. Great. Well, those sound like three really important things and also three really interrelated things. So it doesn't sound like those are three separate businesses that have nothing to do no, with each other. No, that is, that is a theory of change at work for sure. Okay. Okay. Sorry, it's the theory of what? Theory of change. Tell me more about that. Um, theory of change would, we are trying to transform rural communities. I mean, the, the end game is we have vital rural communities and then I can retire and <laughs> retire to one. Um, that's the that's the end game. And so that's transforming some places who are truly struggling and, and whose economies have not recovered, not after the last recession, after um, the downfall of their of their industry and of their economies. So we've been revitalizing um, and, and community members, not we meaning RDI, we meaning rural communities have been working to revitalize their communities now for um, probably going on four decades. Okay. Wow. Well, that that sounds like uh, really important work and certainly pertinent to um, to the members of AWC. So uh, let me start off by saying, you know, when it comes to this word leadership, it was my intuition was that that's a word that's been used with increasing frequency in the, in the relatively recent past. I, in fact, I, I looked up, I don't know if you've ever used this tool on Google, Google Ingram. Have you ever seen no. this thing? Well, it's, it's pretty amazing. You can uh, uh, put in, a, oh, and they're not sponsoring this podcast. I just like this tool. Um, you, you can put in a word. Uh, into this Google Ingram or multiple words, and it will kind of graph out for you how uh, common they've been in publications over the last 500 years or so, right? So you can see w- which words. It's a have... big word, I bet. And it was it was interesting to see that indeed <laughs> it did jump up in popularity just starting, um, gosh, a couple decades ago or so, and 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 uh, and so you know hundreds of years ago, people weren't talking about leadership all that much, but they're talking about it quite a bit now. Yeah. So with that popularity, you can be sure that there's plenty of people, plenty of books, plenty of. Uh, um, speakers, uh, et cetera, that will want to define leadership for you and tell you what they what they mean by it. So when you use the word leadership or say we're doing leadership training, yeah. what do you have in mind with that? Yeah, so I, th- I think 
we can in our in our society and in our country, maybe at, a, at the kind of common level, we think of leadership as power um, and the ability to kind of wield your ideas onto others. Um, that is not how we think of leadership at RDI. And in rural communities, what we think of leadership as, or from our perspective and what we're building, are people who are in the community who are leading action and change um, towards towards community betterment. So it is about, and it can be, I mean, it is not just the one person who is leading the effort. If you are involved in that change, you are also leading that element because you've got a task that is your job to do. And if it doesn't, your leadership skills are important to get that job done. So rural communities have a, are, I would say, are run on volunteer power and um, and so that is the attempt to increase the numbers in particular um, and the skills and the savviness of rural leaders um, is the work that we do so that they can work together better to get things done, which for them, for me, my end game, like I said, is for economy building. Okay, gotcha. So it, would it be fair to say that um, some people may think of ter- in terms of leadership as being a way to actualize the potential of an individual. Somebody wants to be all they can be as an individual. Right. Um, it sounds like you're saying yes, but to the end of the benefit of the community. We're Correct. trying to actualize the potential. Correct. Of a of a of an entire community. Correct. Okay. Great. Um, so with this idea of communities kind of becoming what they have the potential to be, um, what do you see? Is, is you're focusing on smaller communities? Do they have particular challenges when it comes to leadership that um, differ from the challenges that a, a more populated community faces? I think this. I think the one of the myths between rural and urban is that the the challenges are different. Mm. They're not different. Um, the same challenges that are in urban places are in rural places as well. They may look different. So the interpretation of them, the context with that they're having that that problem in, if it's poverty any of those problems they're having, um, hunger, opioid crisis, um, clashes between uh, equity issues, things like that, they're having them with fewer resources, with less geographic proximity to resources and to help. Um, and, And sometimes they're doing it without a network around them where they can say, oh, you should just go down and talk to that other person. Those those sorts of resources don't necessarily exist. So in rural communities. So I would say that they're they're the the problems are similar. Um, the resource diff- is different. The geographic expanse is different. The the access to actual investment is different. Um, the other thing I would say is why I think rural and urban leaders are different, because I do think that they are, is that in rural places, the place is run by by volunteer leaders versus in ur- urban places, there somebody who is doing a job in a rural place would be paid for that job. Right. So at a, at a <laughs> me- medium size or large city, you're going to have an economic development staff, perhaps a chamber of commerce that is... Um, they're clocking in every day in order to That's bring right. businesses to town. That's right. And in most, most I'm not going to say all, but in most rural communities, um, that is a volunteer. We may, there, there might be one staff or maybe a half-time staff who's, who's helping with that, but you are not likely to see a robust agency working in a rural place. And, well, you may see that robust agency, but they're not getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're likely to be volunteer leaders. 
Interesting. One thing I wondered um, as I've as I've learned more about RDI, one of the things I've wondered is that you know if you go on LinkedIn, you're you're sure to see plenty of people that are self-described leaders and uh, thought leaders and, and that kind of thing. Um, but I wonder in, in your work, do you ever run into the problem of uh, people who don't self-identify as a leader and they think uh, you know you're going to have to look elsewhere because I'm not I'm not leadership material. Yeah. So when we when we deliver the leadership program that we have, the Rural Community Leadership Program. We, we often bring together about 25 to 35 people in a community. It's a cross-section cross of the community. And it's meant to be what we, here's what I will suggest it is, um, is meant to be about a, a quarter existing leaders, those people who would self-identify. I'm a leader. And then there is a, about a quarter who are youth in the community. But the, the, the middle half are exactly who you're talking about. These are not, we call them emerging leaders, um, but I wouldn't say that they would call themselves emerging leaders. These are people who are looking to get more connected with, with what's, what's going on in their community, understand the skills and gain some skills for that. Um, that's what they're doing. What we how we teach leadership, one of our theories is around catalytic leadership. And so the idea that in a project or in an action, somebody, each person is going to play a catalytic role with getting that project or that initiative or that dream to happen at the end. So it may be, you might think the, the leader is the person in front talking the most. Well, that person is talking the most at that point. He's advocating for something. But that advocate advocate is not the same skill that's going to be needed to bring stakeholders together necessarily or to be pounded the nails in the end. So that, that leadership is something that gets passed in a community and different leaders, what I would call leaders, because that's what I choose to call them, are playing different roles along the process of a project or an idea or any sort of initiative. I see. And that makes sense whenever we think, whenever I think back to your <clears throat> initial kind of definition of the work that RDI is doing is that you're trying to actualize the potential of a community. And so different people are going to play different roles to, to make that happen. And that that sounds like it's it's okay. So Heidi, I wonder if you could um, tell us after you said that RDI has been around for, for four decades. Is that right? We, we personally have been around for 27 years. Okay, for 27 years. Yes. Uh, I'm guessing in that time uh, that, that you've, <laughs> you've been able to successfully develop some leaders that have transformed their community. So I'd, I'd love to hear about that. What Can you tell me some of your success stories? Yeah. So our, our success stories are really the community's success stories. So that's what I will just say. These I, I will brag about them being my success stories, but I will give every bit of credit to the rural community leaders who are making these things happen. I, I have a couple of examples. One of them is my own personal. I, I worked for a worked in a community, um, a group of communities. We work in community hubs, so we'll take a region. And when we first went in, this is the very beginning of the of the rural community leadership program in Oregon. And this area was four communities, five communities actually: Sweet Home, Lebanon, um, Sodaville, Brownsville. And, and a couple of other places that were surrounding there. And the first thing we do is do an asset map. And they wanted to split in their se four separate communities and do an asset map. And I forced them, we, I mean, like if, that we, were, we didn't know what to do, we as facilitators, and we forced them to think of themselves as a region. And so for those five communities that I mentioned, th that place, they have now transformed since we've been there from those five places to a thing called Eastland County. And there's an Eastland County Economic Development Agency. There's an Eastland County Tourism Group. There's So they have created, they've understand regionalism in a, in a different way because nobody from the outside thinks that those places are a different place, right? They're, they're that place over there. Um, and so 
so that's one one area. Um, one of our, in Oregon, Lapine, Oregon, is a uh, or one of Oregon's newest cities. And when we first went in with a leadership program there, there were some amazing champions that made that leadership program happen. And they did, they did not only the, the three cohorts that we always do in a community where we feel like that that's the amount of critical masses needed to shift a community, but they did a th- couple of extra ones. And so they, they had a, up to about 150 trained leaders in this brand new city and their work they have gone on to host economic development summits they have activated they have done all sorts of work on economy building around this new city and understanding how to do that at the local level with with with, with it sticking to the to to the people and place that it, that is rather than having being waiting for someone to come save them from the outside so I, I'm really proud of that work. Um, and then I'll mention one other. Um, her name is Tracy Kennedy. She works right now as the economic development manager for the uh, Burns Paiute tribe over in Hardy County, Oregon. And it, what's what's fascinating about Tracy's story, I think she was a leader in our organization. She was a leader in her cohort. She went to school, got her business degree, and is now back playing an economic development role for her tribe, working hard um, because they are a, because Burns is the community adjacent to the Burns Paiute tribe, working really hard to have that economic development be um, being something that is joint, that it is, is held by those two very adjacent communities. So those are, those are some stories that I can think of of where those leaders are really taking hold. Um, this isn't hard, this isn't easy work transforming an economy. Um, so that's, that is the other thing I will say. And it's been undersourced, in my opinion, for, like I said, four decades. We have not invested in what it might actually take to rebuild our rural places and the economies with them. Yeah, yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's sobering, but I think it's probably an important thing to mention that this isn't, yeah. this isn't an easy thing to, to do to, to right. um, really make a whole uh, community move ahead in, in one direction. Yeah. Um, I wonder if in, in your years of, of spending time with these rural communities and, and going through training, um, maybe especially for those of our listeners who won't have the opportunity to go through your training, are there, are there, some, um, are there some tips that have kind of surfaced of, that, that you've realized this is something that everyone needs to know? There, here's a common misconception, and I, I just wish everyone knew about this. Yeah, there's a couple of skills that we teach that I, would, that I fall on every day every single day one of them is the idea of appreciative inquiry of like let's stop saying well talking about all the negatives that are going on in our community because first of all it's demotivating and and you can't find a place to start because you just continue to spiral down and create a problem that's that bigger than you could possibly imagine so the idea of appreciative inquiry is to think about okay what is working in this community so what youth what, where is it that youth are working really great? And how do we focus there and build more of that? Not to ignore this, but in some way, shape or form to put your energy in there. I remind, it reminds me of like golfing. If you focus on the water hazard, you're gonna hit the water hazard. So focusing on what's working and building from there and learning from what's working there to to solve that problem. Interesting. So that's one of the ones. The so other, can, I, can I ask yeah, a follow absolutely. up on that? Um, so appreciative inquiry. Yeah. I, I like the I like the concept a lot, and, and I'm guessing that means that you're looking in your own community to say, these are the things that we're currently succeeding at. Yes. It's not that 
we're going to be the Silicon Valley of X, right? right. We're not going to emulate the success that someone else has had. Rather, we're going to look at the successes we've already experienced and say, how can we build on those? Yeah, what are the characteristics of that success and how can we build from here? Great, great. The other one that I use as a, a organizational leader for sure, but I also think of it in my work, is to keep the mission in the middle as opposed to putting yourself in the middle. So it is it is really easy when you're running an organization and you're trying to keep the doors open and you're trying to get finances to think about really focusing on the organization. But what matters is that this organization is here to, to fulfill that mission. And when I put the mission in the middle, I build friends around me and I build, I build colleagues, I build um, all uh, coalitions, I build all sorts of groups who are also pointed or interested or play some role in that mission. And so I start filling in the slots around that, of the circle around that mission. And when somebody else is doing something, I just scooch over. And, and it, it's, it's such a, it, it has helped me to not to think of the work as the most important thing. I'm a nonprofit, we're a nonprofit. It is about this mission. So um, that is some work from uh, Jane Wee and others at Stanford Innovation Center. And I just really think that it's 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 like the idea of being a networked leader. Okay. Using a network to influence the, the, the mission. Is one challenge to that when you run into communities, and I'm, I'm, I'm expecting that you've seen this, where <laughs> you have somebody who's genuinely charismatic and they really, you think they, this community perhaps could uh, be carried along further just by the charisma of this particular yeah. individual. They're, they're savvy, yeah. they're well-spoken, they're articulate, let's get behind them. Is that, is that a challenge to, uh, and, and what was the phrase mission in the middle? Yeah, I, I think it is a challenge to that. I, I do actually think though, when we are in, when we are in those, in our classes and we are, it's a four to five month process that we're going through. You know, it is about kind of moving the ego out of the center and putting the community in to the center. And and that we just never ever talk any other way. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, but <laughs> there's a terrible saying and you may should edit this one out, but this <laughs> is a terrible saying in, in rural that change happens one obituary at a time. And, and sometimes people get kind of stuck and a community gets stuck be- behind that one charismatic leader or that one leader who thinks of leadership as power. And, and I think that through our program, we, we, <laughs> We're not waiting for the obituary. What we are working towards is how do we how do we move the community outside of how do we move the people outside of it and the community in the middle and the mission in the middle and and it's not a hard move. Mm-hmm. The communities know that they know that they don't have the privilege. I don't I don't believe rural people and people in rural communities have the privilege of not paying attention to building their community because if they don't, it's a threat. Yeah. It's a threat to lose their economy and either be gentrified or be bought up by by a, a corporate. I mean, they could they could lose who they want to be. And I, I, it's not a big lift to move people, yeah. to move the community into the center. Interesting. They, they, they know that. And, and I do just find myself curious about this. So when you do um, experience or, or uh, become introduced to someone who's got that charisma and, and you're you're saying, well, that's not what we're going to build. The future around. We're not going to build it around your uh, your charisma or your supposed leadership skills. No, but that's a tool. How do you mean? So I'm curious. Yeah. I, I, I guess I'm curious about the dynamic of um, frustrating that person, saying, "I know I've got some skills here. Oh, or, or are these supposed to go to waste? Or do you? What do you do? No, with that person? exactly the opposite. So how do we find out in a community what are those skills? So here's this charismatic person. Well, that's likely the person you're going to want to put out front. We got to talk to people. Maybe we even need to talk to people in one of our capital cities or 
So that is, you know, we do asset maps. So we, and we asset, when we do an asset map, it is, what are your skills, right? What are your, the things you're passionate about? What are the skills that you have? What are your knowledge? And what can, what can that bring to the group and this effort? Um, we also map other things, uh, resources related to finance or financial resources and other things, but, um, and the place itself. But our goal in each of that is how do you bring that person and their given talents and their 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 what that is and bring it up in service of the community so it is not about squelching this person it is about putting them into the right spot um, to make the biggest difference in their community great well that's great so appreciative inquiry mission in the middle is there anything else you wanted to add to that list no i i i do think that I, i i mean i think it's all interrelated um Change friendly, I think, would be one of the things that I would say that we in rural communities can can grapple with, because what we are trying to do is protect in some ways, protect our rural way of life, protect these this lifestyle. And so the word change is, can be a threat, um, but it is that we have to change in order to get to that next level to survive through. So um, I would say change ready and innovation and those sorts of words that, that are I, in my theory, are imperative in in revitalizing rural communities are often also seen as a threat. And so we, we work very, very hard around change and change theory and readiness for change in, in our classes. So that yeah. would be another thing that I would say, because because it is a threat. Well, that yeah, that, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Well, I, f- I find myself very curious and, uh, and with a lot of other questions to ask you, but um, we're running a little short on time, so I'll... I'll have to do that offline, but but I do want to ask um, for those who are listening and uh, are curious about RDI and would be interested in pursuing a, a more kind of formal yeah. um, uh, partnership with you. Can you explain how that works and what the cost is and, and, yeah. and all that? Yeah, so we are a, a nonprofit, so we often go out, go working to get grants and to find resources to help the rural communities. Um, when there is a community that is interested, we will work with the community to find the resources needed for whatever intervention or whatever support they need, I would suggest that every single rural community needs a critical mass of locally based leaders that know that that speak the same language that are working in a positive way towards change in their community um, and are networked. I just believe it with my soul that that is the foundation which everything else is going to be built. And so or on top of which everything's going to be built. And so I think that Anyway, so we, we have resources for that, but we work with communities if they're interested in building building resources. Um, sometimes it's bringing the resources they already have to bear. Um, so so they can just call and we can just talk. I got you. Yeah. So they shouldn't let a lack of uh, no. obvious funding be a, a an impediment. You can I don't think you, so. You help them find yeah. the funding and and we find we find we are working very very hard to find resources that subsidize anything that the community has and we have some funding deserts right. There's places where you're not going to find a resource and some of those places are the places that need it the most. So um, it is not about serving the resource. It is for us. It's actually the the farther and remoter the communities, the more likely we are to be wanting to serve them. Great. Well, thank you again very much for your time, Heidi. This has uh, been very intriguing for me. And we're going to put in the show notes some contact information so that if folks want to get in touch with RDI, they'll be able to do that. But thank you again for your time. Thank you. 